Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is good to be with you for day 217. And we jump back to the book of Proverbs, our eighth trip to the book of wisdom. Uh, here we are about eight months in to this endeavor. And that makes sense. We visit Proverbs about once a month because there's 36 months in three years and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So, you know, a little less often than once a month will be in Proverbs. It's a great little balance of wisdom to the other uh, types of literature that we're in. So Proverbs chapter 8 is what is on tap today. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your wisdom that is found throughout your word. But we thank you in particular for this book of Proverbs where we get such a beautiful picture of wisdom and then such practical help with so many aspects of our lives. We also see Christ, who is wisdom personified, embodied in the book of Proverbs. So we pray, Father, that you would give us wisdom as we look to your word today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call. And my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me, and filling their treasuries." The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. 
when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. That is Proverbs chapter 8. And it's a personification of wisdom. Wisdom is speaking forth in Proverbs chapter 8. And thus, it really is ultimately a beautiful picture of Christ. Uh, Jesus in John chapter 1, we're told, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and apart from him was not anything made that has been made. So we have in Jesus Christ the eternal Word, the Logos, which is kind of a Greek equivalent of the word for wisdom that is being really described here in Proverbs. Logos is a a really heavy, important word that's difficult to translate exactly. We do get our word logic from it, but people who have reduced logos down to just logic are missing the mark. That's where you can get the English word that's derived from it and think that those are equivalent, and that's not true at all. Logos is much, much richer than that. And it really is probably most parallel to this, the Hebrew idea of wisdom that's being personified here in Proverbs 8. And so <clears throat> wisdom speaking here is the really, I believe, the second person of the Trinity, the wisdom of God. Augustine in City of God talks about the Trinity and in, in describing the Trinity and helping us understand the distinction between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, those are the most common ways that those three are distinguished, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But Augustine says, the Father is the fountainhead of divine activity. He's the source. He's the origin. He is, he is the, the, the beginning of the divine activity. And then the, the Son, God the Son, is the wisdom of God. And the Spirit is the power of God. And in creation, we see in the beginning, the Lord, you know, God created, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering or brooding over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God spoke. And the word that he spoke, let there be light, is I believe what John is picking up in John chapter 1, as in the beginning was the word 
and the word was with God and the word was God. And I believe that's the wisdom, same idea as the wisdom here in Proverbs 8, where we heard that language of, you know, as he was creating the world, I was beside him as a master craftsman. I was daily his delight. And then the spirit hovering, brooding over the face of the deep was bringing into, into existence, into reality, that which the father was speaking forth in the son. Now, whenever we get into really trying to understand the Trinity, we're getting into divine mysteries that in a sense are, well, not just in a sense, they are far beyond us. But God has revealed himself through his word in these pictures, in these analogies, in these, in these titles, in these explanations that give us something that we can try to wrap our heads around a little bit, even though God himself is incomprehensible and we can't ever wrap our minds around God himself. But God speaks to us in, in baby talk, as it were. He gives us little simple stories and pictures and analogies and images and comparisons so that we can have a picture of what is going on. And that's what we have here with wisdom. So wisdom is so incredibly important. God's wisdom is the most important thing for people to seek. Because we need wisdom. Wisdom helps us to live right. Wisdom helps us to, to make right decisions, to act in accordance with justice, to do what is true. Wisdom would shun lies, right? Verse 8, all my words are righteous. There's nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. So there's nothing more valuable than wisdom. Wisdom is straight talk. It is not political spin. It is not manipulation. It is not deception. It is wise understanding and insight that is the most valuable thing you can have in this life. Wisdom is found with prudence and knowledge and discretion. Prudence means that you're careful about what you do and when you do it, you act with, with foresight, with care, with deliberate and um, carefulness. You have knowledge, it means you, you know things, you care about what is true, you care about what is right and accurate. You don't shun things. Wisdom is not willfully ignorant. Sometimes some Christians act like for us to learn about things, for us to grow in our knowledge of things would somehow threaten our faith or, or would upset our convictions or something. No, we want to find knowledge, but also discretion that you understand the difference between what is true knowledge, truth that comes from God, and what is a deception that comes from, from the world. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. So arrogance, the way of evil, perverted speech, I hate. We should have nothing to do with. We should absolutely shun that which is prideful, arrogant, perverse, twisted. Political manipulation comes to mind here, but so do sexually exploitive movies, music, um, things that are self-centered and boastful, even those messages from our culture that you need to look out for yourself and take time for you and put yourself first, all that kind of stuff. Like, like verse 13 here describes to us a lot of the way the world works. 
the world's talk, right, as we learned from Psalm 36, the world's default way of operating is self-centered, self-exalting, manipulative, deceitful, um, perverse, twisted. And so if we're going to grow in the wisdom of God, if we're going to have prudence and, and knowledge and discretion, if we're going to walk with wisdom and find wisdom, we have to turn our backs on that. We have to say, I will not give into those lies that the world is pushing on me that would make me a subject to their agenda or that would appeal to my pride or my arrogance or that would be perverse or twisted. Don't want to have anything to do with that. Instead, I want to seek the Lord and I want to seek his counsel. I want to seek his insight. And wisdom here says that good rulers who rule well will rule according to wisdom. That shows us one way we can pray for our leaders. You know, how can we pray for our county executives, our mayors, our governor, our president, the Congress, the Supreme Court? How can we pray for them? Well, one way that we can pray for them is that they would govern according to wisdom. We get that from verses 15 and 16. By me, kings reign, rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. So all who govern justly govern according to wisdom. And so we can pray for our leaders that they would indeed govern according to wisdom. Now, when we get into verse 22, we get into some language that can be confusing if we're talking about this is the second person of the Trinity, wisdom, the wisdom of God is the second person of the Trinity, God, the Son, Christ, the Word. Because it sounds like, well, there was an origin point to wisdom. But that's actually not what this is saying, if you read it carefully. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs, before the mountains, before the hills, before he made the earth, or the first dust of the world, right? When he established the heavens, I was there. So compare that to John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. Okay, So wisdom here is saying, in the beginning, God already had his wisdom. Because you can't imagine God without his wisdom, right? Or God without his power. So you can't have the Father without the Son or the Father without the Spirit. And so wisdom is saying, I was already there at the beginning. Before the beginning, I was there. We use the phrase in some of our confessions that he is eternally begotten of the Father, begotten, not made, right? That's what the Nicene Creed says. Eternally begotten of the Father, begotten, not made. Very God of very God, true light of true light. Right, so this is God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, wisdom. And in the work of creation, 
the Father and the Son are working in harmony together. He says in verse 29, when he assigned to the sea its limits, that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, verse 30, like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of men. So when, when God the Father and the Son were creating the world, God the Father was delighting in God the Son. And God the Son was taking delight in the creation of God the Father. There's this loving community in the unity of the Trinity. And can we fully and perfectly understand it? No. At some point, we just stand in awe and say, wow, right? Say how awesome God is that the one true eternal God exists eternally in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that God and his wisdom and his power are delighting in one another and are rejoicing together in the work of creation. God, God's wisdom, God the Son, delights in the children of man. That's pretty awesome to think about. Us being made in God's image is a delight to God the Son, who would ultimately come and bear the image of God perfectly for us and for our salvation. So what's the application for us? The application for us is to listen to wisdom, to hear instruction, to be wise, not to neglect it, and to realize how blessed it is to find the wisdom of God as personified in Jesus Christ, as written down in the scriptures, as reflected in the patterns of creation. To find the wisdom of God is to find life and favor from God. And to reject the wisdom of God, which is ultimately to reject the Lord Jesus Christ, is to actually love death, is actually to hurt yourself because you're keeping yourself from that which is life. If you, This reminds me of what John says in 1 John. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Sometimes people think that becoming a Christian, believing in Jesus, embracing the Lordship of Jesus Christ is somehow, you know, just trying to be a good person and follow the rules and it's really hard and it makes life more difficult and challenging but I guess it's worth it in the end if I can get forgiveness of my sins and eternal life that's a totally wrong perspective to be in fellowship with God through his son to have the wisdom of God to have this knowledge of God's ways is actually to have our eyes opened and to understand what true life is and to understand what the world is really all about and how it really is designed and what the purpose is for everything. And it is, so it is to live true life. That's why in him was life and the life was the light of men. That's what John goes on to say in John 1. We find true life when we find it in Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And it is not a, a harder life that is, you know, more difficult and less joyful and more frustrating. But I guess in the end, it's okay because we get to go to heaven when we die. No, it is an invitation to live life as it was meant to be lived in harmony with God and his purposes for the world and his purposes for our life. That's what wisdom is. That's what walking in wisdom really is. 
It is an invitation to true joy, not happiness that kind of comes and goes depending on our circumstances, but the real purpose of life that says, I know God and I know his will for my life and I'm walking in accordance with his word and his wisdom and I have life and light to live my life for his glory. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the wisdom that you've given to us in your son, Jesus Christ, in your word, the Bible, in your creation all around us. Help us to see, help us to love, help us to follow your wisdom, to treasure Christ, and to live our lives by faith in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for Proverbs chapter 8. Tomorrow we're going to jump back to the book of Numbers and pick up again with Balaam and his uh, call from the king of Balak to curse the people of Israel. That's what's on tap for tomorrow. Hope you can be with us. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.